Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Joe Porter. In the program this week, the NRL Rugby League Premiership is set to get underway following another string of off-field controversies, and we talk to the Warriors coach Ivan Cleary about the upcoming season. We discuss the top-of-the-table Highlanders' stunning start to the Super Rugby competition with former coach Laurie Maines. We find out why New Zealand netball is taking the sport's international governing body to court, and we catch up with basketballer Tom Abercrombie as the first-place breakers continue their march towards the ANBL playoffs. The National Rugby League competition kicks off this weekend with the start of the NRL season again being marred by off-field incidents and controversies involving several star players. Last weekend, the face of the NRL and 2011 pin-up boy Benji Marshall was charged with assault following a late-night altercation in central Sydney. The Kiwis captain and West Tigers playmaker has vowed to fight the charge, but on top of last year's Dally M Player of the Year, Todd Carney being charged with drink driving, another fall off the wagon for the talented young who has a history of alcohol-related problems, and the recent betting scandal involving several current and former players, the NRL continues to battle its tarnished off-field image. However, the Warriors have managed to keep their names out of the headlines and head into their opening round clash with the Parramatta Eels in Auckland as genuine playoff contenders. Richard Wayne spoke to Ivan Cleary about facing Kiwis coach Stephen Kearney and his Eels at Eden Park, young wing Glenn Fisiahi getting the nod over star signing Krishnan Inu and the tough task of picking his new side. It is tough. Whether it was the toughest, I'm not too sure, but it's, it never gets any easier. You know, it's, it's good to be able to tell guys they're in because they've all learnt it, um, but it's certainly not a, not a great side of the job to have to disappoint guys. Um, Fisiahi, obviously he's, um, in most people's minds, the bolter, but you, picked, you said you picked on form. What's his expectation? Is, is it the pace? What else is in his game? Oh, I think he's got a bit more than that. Yeah. You know, obviously his pace is one of his strongest assets, but he, he's a quick learner and he's, he's quite a student of the games. And, um, you know, from, from when he first arrived, he's continually improved. And whenever they're doing that, you've got to be pretty happy. About 10 of the 13 Warriors who started in the last game in the finals loss at the Gold Coast are starting this week so you've actually got a pretty settled squad and it is quite tricky for some of your new signings to break in. You know like last year we um, you know, we made a fair bit of progress with a pretty young team and um, so obviously those guys are you know being young and we like to keep keep those boys here so you know I think about I'm not sure but I think it's about six of them have now played 100 games here as well so we're getting a a bit of a core of the team, and those guys are still reasonably young too. So, you know, the guys that we've added, I think, will, will help. And, and, you know, I've gone on record as saying well, I think our depth has improved. So, yeah, I mean, that hasn't come by accident. We've worked pretty hard to try and achieve that. And Kristen Inu, did he, what did he do wrong? Did he do anything wrong? Or is it just the hard luck for him? Yeah, it's, like I said, you know, purely picked on form. So, um, there's some good players left out, which is, you know, as I, start, as I said at the start, it's, it's disappointing. But, um, yeah, I'm sure they'll all get their opportunity. And up against the, the Eels, um, Stephen Kearney and his NRL coaching debut, you'd want to send him home with a flea in his ear? Uh, just a loss will do. I'm not too worried about a flea. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, 
you know, he's put a bit of a stamp, his stamp on the on the team. You can already see that. Just watching him or playing him in the trial and watching their trial games. Um, yeah, they're playing with plenty of energy and, you know, they're going to be a really tough tough prospect on Saturday night. You'd played against him a bit, I guess, wouldn't you? Yep, yep. I played against him a bit. Yeah, we probably sort of played around the same era. So. You friends with him or...? Uh... Um, we're, you know, good acquaintances, I suppose. Yeah. You know, I really respect him. I, you know, like his, like his company when I, whenever I get to talk to him, which is not often. So. Playing away from home, technically, at Eden Park, is a bit unusual. Are you boys up for it or are they excited by it or is it kind of strange not being at Mount Smart? Uh, not really. I mean, it's just a bit of... It's exciting. It's probably a good time to play it round one where, you know, we haven't played at Mount Smart for a long time, obviously, so... Um, Definitely exciting, but you know we could be playing on uh, Sandringham Road and we'd probably be excited. So, but I think you know all, all reports look like we're going to get a, a decent crowd, and yeah, be, it should be a really good event. Just talking to the boys who played in the in the um, the Kiwi Aussie game, they were just in raptures over the the atmosphere, the crowd that comes, and they're all uh, a lot of them will be Mount Smart regulars. They they certainly make plenty of noise. Of course, last time uh, I was at the game and probably saw all these boys uh, and uh, the Kiwis. Kangaroos, the Kiwis crowd, you know, got got a bit feisty. Um, I'm sure the, the regular Warriors crowd yeah. wouldn't be anything like that. Uh, well, I haven't seen it like that. No, no. I think um, there was some uh, unusual circumstances on that day, and um, I'm sure it'll be a little bit different this Saturday. The Warriors coach Ivan Cleary. The Highlanders have raced out on top of the Super Rugby table on the back of three straight victories, including last weekend's upset win over the defending champion Bulls at their Loftus Versfeld Fortress. Perennial battlers in the competition, the Southerners head into Saturday morning's game against the Stormers in Cape Town in the unusual position of being one of only three unbeaten teams in 2011. However, the former All Blacks and Otago coach Laurie Maines told Barry Guy he's not surprised by the Highlanders' impressive early season form. It's great to see that uh, getting the right coaches in the right positions can get instant results. Uh, but Jamie and Simon have worked these players really hard over the summer. They've spent a lot of time on the core skills. And even more importantly, they've got the whole team uh, playing the same game. And that makes an, uh, you know, a huge difference. I spoke to Jimmy Cowan after the win over the Hurricanes, and he talked about the hard work that they've put in, and, and it seems to be quite a simple sort of philosophy they, they have uh, this year. I suppose, in a way, you just got to do the simple things right, don't you, to succeed? Absolutely. Rugby is a simple game, and if you get all the core skills correct and all of the players implementing the unit skills the same way, uh, it becomes very simple, and, and that is the formula that Jamie and Simon have used, and uh, the Highlanders are getting great results uh, because of it. They've got it naturally, uh, it's only a base, and they've got to build on that as the Super 15 season progresses, uh, but they've got a very good base to start with. Jamie experienced with him here when he was with the Wellington MPC team. He's sort of a no-nonsense no sort of uh, coach. Uh, you know, your, your thoughts on that is obviously working? Well, it is. Uh, a coach has to drive the team um, to get all of the players doing the same thing, and he does that very well. And, Jamie's a pretty intelligent individual and uh, you know he knows having played a lot of top level rugby he knows what makes the game work and that's the areas that he's worked really hard on uh, in the pre-season and I, I believe that that's a big part of why they're getting success so early and it's really pleasing to see the effective work that they're doing at the breakdown. 
I'll get to the breakdown shortly. I mean, you must have coached uh, Jamie because he he credits the likes of uh, you, Gordon Hunter, and a few others for making him the person that he is now. So, is that a sort of not an old-fashioned sort of uh, way of approaching things? But you know, how would you describe that, perhaps? Uh, I would describe it as a correct way to coach a rugby team. At the end of the day, you've got 22 personalities that are all different. And if someone is not taking charge of it and driving it, them all in the same direction, um, you're not going to get consistency of performance right across your team. Every player has to know what every other player is thinking when they're going into these contact situations anyway. Uh, so it needs a strong leader at the top to, to drive it. Um, and and Jamie, Jamie is a, a bright rugby intelligence to, to go with it. It talked about the breakdown, Adam Thompson, uh, Alanda Soakai. I mean, I mean, there's others. They've worked really well together, haven't they? Well, they have. And again, they've had their roles very carefully defined so that they know exactly what's expected of them inside the team. And, and when a player has that, he can go about his work very confidently and aggressively. And Adam Thompson is just showing us, uh, you know, what a great rugby player he is. Uh, and the potential that he's had all this time. He's just needed someone like Jamie to come along and say, this is the way you've got to play in this team, and this is, this is the roles uh, that you're performing. And Adam's getting out there and doing that and, and then using his natural ability to add those extra bits to his game. I, it's, it's, it's tremendous the way those players are all improving. But inside that Highlanders forward pack, we've got to give, give confidence to Hawata. Um, you know, he's... He's acting as the glue that's holding it all together. He's a very confrontational, tough, no-nonsense player, and every Ford pack needs one or two of them in it. Is it just a, a simple sort of game plan? I mean, you know, there's talk about how things are all quite sophisticated now. Uh, is, is it just a sort of a, you know, a simple, simple process they're going through? It's a simple philosophy and a simple process, but it takes an awful lot of work and skill development to be able to play it without making mistakes and turning the ball over. It is a simple game, and, and, and many coaches around the world have complicated it, and that's why they can't hold their teams together and hold performances together. It is still a simple game, basically. The Highlanders' depth hasn't really been tested yet. I wonder perhaps if, you know, you've got McIntosh and you mentioned your Thompson and Jimmy Count, a few others. Injuries, uh, I don't want to put the hex on them, but, you know, could that hurt them? Well, of course it would. It hurts any team. Uh, and, and the Highlanders have already suffered you know, injuries to some key players. But there's, only, there's a limit with every rugby team as to how many injuries you can sustain. And that's in the lap of the gods. But because it's a simple, disciplined game plan that they're playing, the injuries won't have such a high effect on the performance as it might be if you're relying more on the individual brilliance of players to you know, to score your points and, and get the wins for you. The Highlanders aren't like that, so injuries would have a lesser effect uh, as long as there's not too many of them. Generally, the Super Rugby competition after three rounds, you know, your thoughts, are you happy with it? I am. I mean, it's much better than last year when we saw, saw all that strategic kicking going on in the first few rounds until coaches woke up and realised that wasn't the way to go. Um, I, I have seen some classic games and some very good rugby and and I guess pleasing for me is that I've seen a, a lot of skillful work at the breakdowns and you know what I would call good solid rugby getting played by a number of teams. 
you, of course, had some success in South Africa, but what was it like to see the Highlanders win at Loftus Versfeld? Oh, I think it was just a, a, an absolutely outstanding effort against uh, you know what has been a great team over the last uh, few years. Um, I think they exceeded all of our expectations. The quality of their play at times in that second half when they scored those tries was simply exhilarating. And it, and it simply goes to show that you can have high-speed, high-skill-level rugby playing a very simple game plan. And we had every player knowing what the other player was up to. So they were there. They were able to get there and support. And, of course, we saw some individual brilliance from the likes of Cade Pokey and, and others. The locals will be looking forward to them coming home soon. Yes, I, I, look, we had a really good crowd at Carisbrook and a, and a, and a really excited crowd uh, when, when they played the Chiefs down here a couple of weeks ago. I think if come irrespective of what happens uh, Saturday, I think when they come home and play here against the Crusaders, we'll have a huge crowd and it, it, it's getting back to uh, what it was a few years ago when we had real enthusiasm in, in, in the rugby down south. It just shows how simple it is to turn it all around when you put the right coaches in place. So we're being a bit premature, our expectations for the Highlanders for the season? You know, it's it's still early on? Yeah, my expectations are that if they get in anywhere in the top half of the competition, they will have done extremely well. Uh, it would be very easy to get carried away, but let's face it, they are not a team full of superstars. It is going to be a war of attrition and they will have to scrap for every single competition point they get. I'm un- I personally am under no illusions as to how tough their job is going to, going to get as the season goes on. The former All Blacks and Highlanders coach Laurie Maines. This is Extra Time, a web-only sports programme from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Joe Porter. Netball New Zealand is taking the sport's international governing body, the IFNA, to the Court of Arbitration for Sport in Switzerland. Netball New Zealand wants former Samoa goal shoot Catherine Latu released to play for the Silver Ferns at July's World Champs in Singapore. Latu, who was born in Auckland, has played 30 tests for Samoa, the last of which was at the 2007 World Champs in Auckland. The 24-year-old mystic shooter wants to play for New Zealand, but Netball's international governing body, the IFNA, has ruled she must complete a four-year stand-down first, and that wouldn't finish until August. Netball New Zealand Chief Executive Raylene Castle says the IFNA granted a dispensation for former Silver Ferns defender Vilimaina Davu, allowing her to play for Fiji at the 2007 World Champs just a year after playing for New Zealand. However, Castle told Stephen Hewson that the IFNA won't do the same for Latu, and won't say why. Really is the last resort, the Court of Arbitration of the Sport, and we've tried to get uh, IFNA to review their decision either by arbitration or mediation, but um, they haven't uh, seen fit to do that. On what grounds are you looking for them to do that? We believe that they have discretion in the, the regulations that says they have discretion, and they also set precedent with allowing Vilamina Davu to return to play for her country of birth, and we believe Catherine Latu fits into that same uh, situation. So when you've raised this with them, what's been their reasoning behind allowing Vilamina Davu but not allowing Catherine Latu? They won't enter into that discussion with us. They just say they're not going to use their discretion. They've simply not given you a reason as to, to why. Correct. The fact you've got a precedent there would give you cause for hope when it comes to the Court for Arbitration for Sport? Certainly we, 
they've had advice to suggest they believe we've got a very strong case and that's why we're um, looking to take it to the, the court and see if we can get the outcome that we're looking for. How long have you been going through this process with IFNA? Over 18 months. So it's, it has been a long extended process and at every stage we've tried to be as reasonable as possible. But unfortunately they've left us with no choice but to end up at the Court of Arbitration for Sport. Presumably it would have other implications too in the sense that there might be some players who have played for the Silver Ferns but could go back and play for countries of the Pacific that they may be eligible to play for. Yes, there is a bigger issue at stake and Netball New Zealand has worked or suggested to IFNA that they review their eligibility criteria to try and help the lesser nations uh, through the development that Netball New Zealand and Netball Australia do with, with athletes. So we are continuing that dialogue with them on a wider scale. What's been their response when it comes to that scenario? There isn't, doesn't seem to be a huge amount of... Uh, positive view of that uh, but at the end of the day it's about the International Netball Federation is a federation of its members and it's about those members standing up for what they believe in so there'll have to be some lobbying involved for Netball New Zealand to try and get some uh, support for that uh, eligibility criteria um, have that softened. Have you got a date for a court hearing in Switzerland? No, we haven't, and we're just waiting for that date. It probably most likely is going to be heard in Sydney, not in in, uh, in Switzerland. Is that cutting it fine for the, for the world champs? This process has been going on for a long period of time, and we were hopeful that we could get it done sooner rather than later, but unfortunately that hasn't, isn't the way that it's worked out. So we are um, making looking to make sure Catherine has the option uh, of being available for selection. You would expect, though, that the hearing, I mean, if, if you get this, or when you get a date for this hearing with the Court of, Court of Arbitration for Sport, you... It will come in time, will it, for the the world champ? So any decision, should they decide that she can play, it would give you her time to be included? Correct. We wouldn't be involved in this process unless we knew that the decision was going to happen in time for the world championship. The New Zealand Netball Chief Executive, Raylene Castle. With just four games remaining in their regular season, the New Zealand Breakers have secured a top spot in the ANBL Basketball Championship and head into the playoffs with the best record in the league. Despite a few speed wobbles creeping into their game in recent times, the Breakers are the form team in the competition and have consistently won at home and away throughout the season. The Breakers are seeking to become the first ever New Zealand-based side to win an Australian competition and Richard Wayne spoke to young star Tom Abercrombie about their motivation in the run up to the playoffs. We know we're in the playoffs now obviously and um, we've secured that number one spot. You know, we, we've got to focus on improving and getting better for those playoffs now and um, you know, we've got a lot of work we still want to get done. A number of areas we want to improve on so we've got to keep working on those bits. Any sort of goals within this mini-series, the four games, I mean what are you going to use to get your peaking at the right time for the playoffs? Yeah, well we want to win this series with Townsville first and foremost. You know, I think we've split it one-on-one with them so far so uh, you know, it'll be important to get that win over them because um, they're a team that will probably come up against in the playoffs. You know, they're, they're playing very well and the chances are they'll be in that top four. So you know, we want to prepare ourselves as best as possible and get that series win over them. So still in the minor premiership doesn't give you the home advantage if you come up against the Crocs and they won the series? I know, it, it still will. Yeah, it doesn't matter who we play in the playoffs, we will have the home advantage. So we still want to win this game, obviously. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Perhaps knocking some of the other teams out of the playoffs race could be a motivation now. Um, I mean, I don't know if that's a factor maybe... Would the Crocs still be a chance of not making the playoffs if you beat them? Yeah, any of those three or four teams, Cairns, Townsville, Gold Coast, Wollongong, they're kind of all, all vying for a couple of spots. So, you know, someone's going to miss out. And, you know, Townsville's not safe yet, as are neither of those other teams. So, 
they're obviously going to all come out and play with a lot of intensity and desperation. And, you know, that's good preparation for us going into the playoffs because it, it's going to create a playoff-type atmosphere for those games and that's something that we need to get ready for. It's been quite good these, these last few weeks. We've had sort of mini-series against a number of teams and you know, it's a good way to go about it and, you know, it creates a bit of interest in, in the media and public and stuff and, you know, they can get behind the, a little series and it gives you something else to focus on. Paul Inare um, told me a month or two ago that, you know, getting a full game, a total four-quarter effort was uh, still hadn't happened. Obviously didn't happen last week either, so is that also part of the um, motivation? Yeah, I mean, that's that's always been a focus for um, sort of the second half of the year. We've talked about that a lot and, and we haven't got it done yet and it's certainly something that we... Uh, we want to get achieved, and I think, um, you know, for the most part, defensively we did that last week. But um, you know, we couldn't use that defence to, to fuel our offence. So you know, that's something we will need to need to work on. And you know, when those shots are dropping, it, it makes things a lot easier. But um, you know, to maintain that sort of defence for that 40 minutes last week was real pleasing. And uh, momentum, obviously, a big thing going to the playoffs. The other teams will be desperate. The ones that make it will be, you know, on a winning streak. You've got to keep up your winning numbers as well if you're going to have some momentum going to the playoffs. Exactly, momentum going to the playoffs is huge, and, and we want to be playing our best basketball going into that. And you know, to play our best basketball, we have to come out and win these win these last few games. You know, that starts with um, matching the intensity of these other teams because obviously they uh, there's a little bit more riding in these games for them, and um, that desperation we have to match it if we want to beat them. You know, that's half the battle right there. The New Zealand Breakers, Tom Abercrombie. And that's the show for this week. Feedback is welcome via sport at radionz.co.nz. You can get the latest sports news anytime on our website, while we'll be back with the next web-only Extra Time show next week. I'm Joe Porter. Bye for now. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.